0: Good afternoon now, Lynn. That's right. Coming up next, we'll talk sports and to Lynn's nephew, Tom Davis. And then around minute four, we'll talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Around minute 38, Disney Plus, WandaVision, and The Falcon and Winter Soldier. Around minute 45, The Courier. Around minute 54, the Oscars. And then around minute 57, Operation Varsity Blues. Around one hour and three minutes, the Simpsons' 700th episode. And then around one hour and 10 minutes, Peter Jackson's Get Back with the Beatles. Peace and love. Illinois
1: is losing to Loyola because they got the nun. Sister Jean.
0: Yeah, yeah, never count her.
1: Never count her out. <laughs> My friend Margie went to Loyola and she messaged me. She goes, you know, you never can count Sister Jean out. And I go, yeah, you know, you yeah,
0: know. But she doesn't go to the games anymore. She went yesterday. Well, 100... or... Oh, she
2: did? She's, or she's, she's, uh she was there yesterday. Yeah. She
0: she's traveled. 101. She's 101. Because she, they didn't, tra- she didn't travel to St. Louis. They had a, her cardboard cutout here.
1: Are you enjoying your spring
0: weather, Carl? Uh, no, because I was traveling. I was out of I was out of the states, and then I was in a building for fourteen hours a day for three days. So I didn't get to experience anything like that. So wow. that's okay. I'm and I'm fine with it because I enjoyed doing uh, the NCAA Championship Division One wrestling was in town, and I worked the music for all of that. You might have heard my music on ESPN last night. Aha.
1: Uh-huh. Well, I have been watching Alina and Sister Jean's team, a Loyola, today, and it's not pretty right now, so we'll
0: see what happens. Sister Our... Jean, she, they were here, Loyola, and, both Loyola and Drake were in the Missouri Valley Con- well, they are in the Missouri Valley Conference, and so they were here in St. Louis, and I worked the music for those games, too, because they did not have bands this year because of the pandemic, so instead of having bands and me just doing the stuff for tv I did all of the music for that so that was fun
1: aha well it's back after last year being canceled so it's it's kind of odd but it's also the uh you know there is still the pandemic and teams are still being affected by the COVID-19 so this is interesting we have a special guest today That I've known since uh, he was born, my
0: nephew Tommy. Hi Tommy Davis, how are you today?
2: Hey guys, how's it going?
0: I love the fact that Tom is out in his backyard in a hammock. I love that because you know it's 65 degrees outside. Yes,
1: he and his wife are first-time homeowners this year, so now he has a big backyard and a mortgage. (laughs) <laughs> where his wonderful dog can um I love his dog Ted and he loves me apparently because he is the minute I walk in the door Teddy's there our and our uh um and then they they live in Baldwin so they see deer in their backyard yes
0: that's his Here name in have. Baldwin this is, they,
1: uh, yeah, this is a switch because they've lived in the city all the time. So that is uh, an interesting, but it's fun to have a backyard for the first time. You have patio furniture, don't you, Tommy?
2: We're actually, excuse me, we're actually um, getting ready to, as soon as we get our stimulus check, we were going to purchase, uh, you know, purchase that, you know, because we're going to have you and my mom and our uh, your sister Aunt mary claire and we're probably going to host a little barbecue so hopefully we can get hopefully we can get the the check i know i know some people have already gotten it but we haven't but we're waiting for that to to do that but yeah it's great my dog's out here too um it's nice yeah well I'm glad yeah, to I... have two trees
1: <laughs> well that's a sign of an adult getting patio
0: furniture isn't it carl it is, and not just uh, milk crates.
1: <laughs> our our, our uh, assorted uh, lawn chairs that you've collected over the years. Well, uh, there's a reason to be inside, because not only is there ma- uh, March Madness, but we still have a big uh, run of... Uh, streaming services where it's been like I said last week we had a week week of releases and this week is the same except for the big buzz news about Zack Snyder's Justice League premiering on HBO Max exclusively. So which- do you want to start
0: with the movie that is in theaters or do you want to start with the biggest movie in the world that's already been out and that everyone has already seen but only half of it? Let's, let's start with Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is the official title, by the way. It's not called the Snyder Cut, it's called Zack Snyder's Justice League.
1: Great, well, I have a lot to say about this, actually. And uh, I uh, went into it skeptical, but then I was reading about it a little bit beforehand because I actually could not remember the 2017 movie. So I looked up my review and then it brought it back what I didn't like about it was this my biggest beef with all these superhero movies is it's like they are racing to get to the next one right it's it's never just self-contained and uh I had issues with Zack Snyder's Suicide Squad that he produced which was just terrible and then you said and I quote this line often but I always attribute it to you Carl to use music as a substitute for emotion
0: oh that's Suicide Squad in a nutshell yeah and and
1: I felt like that was used a little bit in uh Justice League now don't get me wrong I am a huge batman fan my whole life ever since adam west came on abc in my childhood and i have always and then i did a backstory. you know i went to the comic books blah 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 so i have followed the batman all my life and i am a big fan of the new wonder woman gal gadot, gadot. Yes. gadot. And, yes and also um I have, uh, I have issues. My sister loves Henry Cavill as Superman. I'm not, I'm not there yet, but it, this new movie sharpened it. So we have the flash played by Ezra Miller and I'm trying really hard not to think of him as Kevin. The... And then we need to talk about Kevin. Yes. <laughs> and I think but he he's, a, he's
0: also done other things. He was great in perks of being a wallflower.
1: Yes, he was really good. And so he has, to me, he has stretched out. He's not like going to be forever known like Anthony Perkins was in Psycho. I do think that his splash is, is fun. He He's, he plays it as a kid and uh, actually has a really good slow-mo scene because Zack Snyder, one of the things that he does, I got to backtrack about the director. He Has been in charge of the DC universe for Warner but Like he did Batman versus Superman, the tone. He he did Man of Steel. uh, He did, yeah, he did Man of Steel. You have to
0: start at the beginning. You have to start in Man of Steel because that's where it was.
1: Well, if if we want to go back, his first movie, which he did at age 37, was 300. And that was his style that's desaturated colors and and what he did with 300 then he moved on to the to Watchmen Watchmen he was right. the movie director for Watchmen which i and liked then, by the way which has grown on me over the years
0: i liked it because they took out all the stupid thing about the ship even though because in in the comics the the whole thing about the pirate ship and the the sailing and the thing that always distracted me from the i wanted to get back to the superheroes and they do have on the DVD, or I don't know it's like if you buy the streaming service th- that's an extra they do have all the stuff about the the sailing ship and all that stuff. The thing that I didn't like for complete is it's in it's a bonus feature, but I always thought that detracted from the main story and I'm happy that it wasn't in the movie, which I and I love Malin Ackerman. I think she's fantastic in almost everything she does so. Well, he, I thought, he-
1: yeah he does he does gather great stars and a good he's he's a good he's good at casting although we do have some issues with certain things but getting back to his superman so he did man of steel and then he did batman versus superman which introduced ben affleck as bruce wayne slash batman and then jesse eisenberg it was sad that he was Lex like Luther, and then uh, we went on to Justice League, which introduced. No, no, you're
0: you're you're, you're skipping Patty Jenkins doing Wonder Woman. In the oh yeah, of yeah,
1: that. which he produced. Uh, Zack Snyder has produced both Wonder Woman movies, and so we have. The Justice League, Jason Momoa as Aquaman, and then his mm-hmm. standalone movie came later. He came after that. Right. So it introduced him. It introduced Ezra Miller as the Flash. And then we continued the Batman-Wonder Woman relationship in terms of how they work together. And then Superman, of course, died. And then what? had to be... <laughs> spoiler alert spoiler alert and then well that um, was
0: the big thing when justice league came out because batman dies at the end of batman versus superman because he's he's killed or superman. So, yeah no, yeah ba- superman. yeah yeah
1: superman because at the end so... of batman
0: versus superman superman dies and that is actually how the snyder cut opens
1: Okay, so in 2017, when Zack Snyder was working on Justice League, the studio wasn't happy and wanted creative control taken well, away. No, and, well, his daughter yeah, died. His right,
0: daughter. But,
1: right, but but there was the grumblings before that. So his daughter Autumn committed suicide at age 20. He has. Eight children, and most of them are adopted. And uh, he had adopted her at a very young age with his wife, Deborah Snyder, who's the producer on all the movies. And so they thought, well, let's work through this. We'll work through our grief by being attentive on this movie. But it was obvious it, it, it couldn't. So he he stepped away. And, and they brought it
0: to Jaz Whedon, who... Who had done the thing. Avengers? He had done right. both Avengers movies, so he was used. He was used to doing these team-up movies. So this is right. before we knew.
1: Well, well, this is before we knew about him because this no, year
0: we've always known about him. Chris carpenter has been saying this stuff for years. So, well, it's he's just, in a bit Hollywood of Hollywood was ignoring it.
1: He's been he's been in a huge uh, pickle Dog this year house. with the Me Too movement and actresses you No, know, because Ray,
0: Ray Palmer says this, I mean, uh, uh, Cyborg, Ray Fisher. I mean, Ray, Ray, Ray Fisher, Ray Palmer is actually the atom, but that's in the DC television universe. Ray Fisher said that he was a horrible human being on the set of this, and he also has been saying that for years. And that's no right, and he came
1: to, to the that. women's, he came to the women's defense. Okay, so after... Justice League came out and was so poorly reviewed. And I was disappointed that it seemed they raced through these origin stories so fast to get to the what I perceived as the sequel. And then Zack Snyder is known for his slow mo and his speed up shots. And he's all, you know, and, and the excessive CGI, which is still there. But The Warner Brothers people last year decided, well, you know what? The fanboys are just clamoring for Zack Snyder's cut on Justice League. And it was the pandemic. So let's do it. So they have spent an additional $70 million on this movie. But I will say all 242 minutes of it are Zack Snyder's vision. Yes. Now what i like about this um from a non-fanboy perspective i like the way it looks i like that the saturated colors and and how they do that i think they have deepened the characters i think there is this unmistakable unavoidable sense of loss through the whole film that that permeates it and obviously because when you have a great loss in life it colors everything in your life and so zach snyder dedicated this movie to his daughter autumn
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: at the end and i feel that the the stakes are higher because you know they're going to save the world and uh the doomsday aspect of what they have three villains this time not just steppenwolf so they they make it Uh, They make the stakes higher, they make the team, the alliance, I think more cohesive, they give Cyborg way more time, and uh, what I like about Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne is that he is the aging Bruce Wayne, he has the weight of the world on his shoulders.
0: Robin has just been killed.
1: And he's weary, you know, there's that weariness, and then he's got gray in his hair. And in this movie, he's like a whole different character what they did in Justice League. So this is, I really liked how Ben Affleck plays Bruce Wayne in this film. And it's not to say that I don't, cause I still think the Nolan trilogy is the bar and that's never gonna be topped, but. I do like Keaton as Batman, and I do like Affleck as Batman. I don't think you have to make a choice. I think what they do with the characters as they age. And I just, I really enjoyed this. Now, granted, it's four hours, (laughs) so I had to take some breaks. And you can.
0: It's structured in in seven parts.
1: Right, right. And the epilogue, to me, was great. And I'm not going to spoil it.
0: I am going to say that I only watched the epilogue. That's the only thing I watched. And because I had heard everything, and I, I, and as I told you at the beginning of this, I did not have four hours to breathe this weekend. So I said, I can take out 25 minutes and watch the epilogue because I wanted to see it. Uh, the first thing that shocked me was that it is in four by three rather than 16 by nine. And that's because they didn't, I, it seems they only had Uh, a lot of dailies to work through they didn't have the whole 16 by 9 and so they didn't have all of the actual full shots to make a 16 by 9 movie and they didn't want to stretch it and that's the aspect ratio for people don't know what I'm talking about it's like an old-timey television set or yeah it like it's tv show pre-2000s so it's it's square and it's it doesn't fill up the, your entire computer screen or your, your entire TV if you have a widescreen TV. So it's it's tight and everything is right there to see. Also, well, plan, well, plans are to have it in the IMAX
1: at some point.
0: So that, that'll be good to see. Um, so I didn't see, I, I read a whole bunch about it because I was traveling. So I didn't see the entire four hours. I only watched the last, and it's different. It, there are things that are different in this. New characters are introduced. Well, new new characters in the DC universe are introduced, including uh, people that have been introduced in other movies. People that we didn't know were in movies are in this movie. I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything, but then again, if you know about this movie, you probably already know everything that happened about it.
1: I, and Billy we- Cr- I like Billy Crudup as uh, the Flash's dad, mm-hmm. and that's we a too. whole other—that's a whole other thing too that we don't know about. Uh, the Mar- Miller-
0: go ahead. Edgar- I was just going to say the Martian Manhunter, which right. Well, I, that's that's a whole part of the super on TV because I watched watched right now. The only thing I still watch on the DC television universe are the Flash and Legends. I broke up with Batman. I mean, uh, I broke up with Batwoman and I broke up with uh, Supergirl. And I never watched Arrow, and now that's off the air. But I watched all of the DC television stuff for a long time. So Martian Manhunter's been on Supergirl for a long time. Uh, Damien Haywood is him on Supergirl. And it's, it's interesting. And Ezra Miller did a Flashpoint cameo on the Flash TV show. So... They are they've already introduced the multiverse on all these shows. So it's many things can happen in alternate timelines. And it's very, very DC. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was
1: I I forgot about Diane Lane being Superman's mom and mm-hmm. uh Lois Lane played by Amy, Amy Adams. Adams. I totally forgot that. And then all of a sudden they're there, and I'm like, whoa! And then uh what i there's some really cool scenes there's the one there's a new scene with the flash when he witnesses an accident he's applying for a dog walker job because he's just and then he's you know he's just one of those inept kids that can't figure out life you know and and he's really funny and then there's this big accident um in front, and it's fabulous. You see a sesame seed from the truck driver's burger, uh, fly, which is really fun. I thought that was just a fun touch, and then Superman when he's debating, because you know how Superman always has to bait his his destiny and his life, and you know, the the, the outsider, the kid from space, and the grown-up adult in this world. So Henry Cavell is hearing the voices of kevin costner his human dad and J- uh and uh Jor-El, uh which is russell Crowe, right. in his head so he's got russell Crowe in his head and he's got kevin costner and he, they're all saying about you know his destiny, Your and, his destiny. and everything and then uh he flies into it's really majestic and then he just takes off flying and then there's the sun and it's just this gorgeous shot of Superman. And if you buy into the Superman myth, it's really an, an um, it's just a breathtaking moment, I thought. And there's just really nice parts of the film and it's his vision
0: and so be it, you know? So we have we have a DC expert and fan and Yes. Um, so, Tom, what what was your take on the Snyder cut?
2: So, there are so many additions to this movie that. So I saw. So I have probably seen the original version, the two seven, the two thousand seventeen version, maybe two or three times. I saw the first time with with Lin, um and uh, Tim. We all saw that screening. I screener, I think. Um, anyway, so. First of all, the as soon as you turn it on, it has that three hundred feel, and, and and I totally forgot that he 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 was a, a part of that movie. So instantly, my first thought of this was, oh man, this is like three hundred right off the bat. But there, um, you know the the color of the movie is definitely like muted it's very muted so like there's little things like superman suit superman suit and the, the original was blue and red or was like almost a muted blue and red but this one was like a monochrome with green almost like There were there were like i think necessary additions to this movie um i think the additional two hours does give more depth to the characters um and i think like like y'all y'all have been saying like Ben Affleck definitely got the short end of the stick playing Batman, but this really re- revises his, it closes the door to that role for him. I think like he actually goes out with a bang with this because he, I don't think he was a bad Batman whatsoever. I think you, you take every Batman's different there. I mean, there, you you could say Michael Keaton's Batman and the Tim Burton films were the, the, where the bar is set. And then the Nolan version I still think this is a, a necessary part in the old the whole Batman um, universe I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the so mythology. I think the addition with Jared Leto's re- revision of Joker, I think they should have started with that almost more crazy Joker like that straight out of Arkham uh, Asylum Joker like just he almost his his face paint almost uh, mimicked uh, Heath Ledger's Joker, but it had more of a sadistic, of course, like Jared Leto's laugh, his chaos, his laugh was a little off. You know, I didn't really, I can't say he was my favorite Joker, but he was a, this was like necessary. This movie was for the fans and it was very necessarily to fill all the gaps that were missed last time. You know, I think the big thing is too, is like this. The the uh, production company took hold of the movie, and they really like sh- sh- stopped it. You know, they really didn't like keep it open ended for a sequel. Like the, I, you know, yeah. the the original just kind of ended. This one like really opened up so many other things. Um, even though it was four hours, and to your fans and listeners, it is more. It's it's a long four hours, but then it also kind of goes by. I watched the whole four four hours and,
0: um, in, in in one sitting,
2: in one sitting, and it was uh, it was long. I think like it's unnecessary to have that much time in front of a screen, but <laughs> it, it there there were things that um, there was you know like for instance like yeah cyborg I loved like the additions to cyborg because he was like a new character that came in this movie and he didn't have any, to my knowledge, he didn't really kind of like appear in anything else. He kind of disappeared in the justice league. So they kind of were just like,
0: he was teased. He was teased in that uh, Angela Bassett and Ben Affleck scene in Batman versus Superman. Like when she hands him the files, she hands him the files. He's in that he's so he was teased, but he wasn't, he wasn't, uh,
2: yeah, it was uh, the files were given to him, and yeah, that's right. right. And 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 he, so there was a little bit of that, but there was. Um, I'm sorry, you know, I say
0: Angela Bassett. Uh, I meant Viola Davis.
2: Viola yeah. Davis. I honestly think of all of all the Alfreds I think Jeremy Irons, and they don't even. Do, I've never oh, heard he's this
1: He's my yeah. favorite one. He is he's, so good. Uh, he is really good in Mike this. K. Is I is good love good too. it too. Michael Keaton made me cry in Dark Knight Rises. So,
2: <laughs> My, Michael Kane was definitely a good Alfred, but I, I think that Cain. you did. But it's okay. But the Michael Kane, <laughs> he was great. He has like a wholesome, fatherly figure to 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 the whole thing. But 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 Jeremy Irons has this rough and tough, this mechanical, like mm-hmm. almost like he's the he's the reason why Batman. You know. um, you know, because, like, in, in Nolan's Batman, you know, uh, Morgan Freeman kind of played that role a bit, you know, and, and, and Alfred was Lucia, kind but of Lucia's more...
0: Fox, Lucius Fox is a different kind of Batman ally who was introduced... He wasn't in the original Batman uh, mythology. He was introduced later.
2: Sure.
0: Now, I, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. I also think it's a generational thing because you can see that, like, even for even in in the Nolan or in the Nolan with Michael Kane, you think that you know you get the age thing. But Jeremy Irons, you think that Jeremy Irons is young enough that his Alfred can actually still do something <laughs> instead That's of correct. like Michael Kane being trapped back at the uh, Batcave,
1: right? Now, yeah. Did did you get the sense of what I uh, what I took away from this as the major revision? or the addition, the depth of it, was that there is this family, this sense of family that runs through each story arc this time that wasn't in the first one. And I thought that was the, the best takeaway for me was that each of them had this story arc about family that resonated deeper. The Flash with Billy Crudup as his dad uh the cyborg with uh, ray morton as our as
0: his, his, his father two times ray, over not and ray morton his robert as well. morton
1: robert morton and then and then uh wonder woman when the villain is taunting her about her family and the look on her face and and uh it's just i just felt that that was really cool too because zack snyder was trying to get this sense of family with these people, these six superheroes.
0: And and that's also another thing that Joss Whedon was brought in to lighten it up. And I, and since I only watched the epilogue, I'm guessing and I, I don't know this for sure. I'm going to ask you both. Uh, I'm guessing the Wonder Woman uh, bank heist is cut totally. Because no, the, no, it's not. It it's still not. in there.
2: It is oh, actually extended it's uh and they give you more depth to it they give you like a a long shot view of the briefcase which carries the bomb which you see in the original it it, follows yes it follows like it follows that the whole time so it's just a long scene um there's a lot of long scenes and also um you know like the uh, you know one thing i'll say is is that they've made two wonder Woman since this movie it's the only uh movie to actually have uh have a movie after this and it mm-hmm. really it really aligns to that but the the aquaman one actually it kind of it. it leads into it but the the the, the uh the standalone movie that they made it doesn't really line up it lines up but it's messy to me it, it's you know like a- amber heard you know has like natural red hair but then in the the other movie these are little things but like and but it's just uh william defoe is a little bit more involved in the justice league but i do want to say this for the fans too like I really appreciate the the more of the villain, you know, because they, they the, the, is it Steppenwolf? There,
1: there are more of them. Yeah. There was and more of them. Was... Side and, and somebody else. I forget the well, name. Well, you get Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah. There was just more, more,
2: you know, with every good guy, you have to have a, just as an equal or even greater bad guy. And they had just a, a, a whole mess of them. And then like, really like the leader of the universe, kind of like a Thanos of, uh, of the, uh, Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah, he
0: you, did remind me. This is the first time we Thanos. mentioned Marvel in uh, half hour. So yeah,
1: well, it did remind me of Thanos, and it did of uh, 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 Thanos. And um, one of the other things I really liked was the end song is Hallelujah, but it's an acoustic version that leads into this very soulful vocal by Alison Crow, and I thought that was really a nice touch. Because they used Hallelujah before, and okay. so this is kind of like a, a a different add to it i I thought that the acting was strong this one there's nothing cartoonish about it at all okay yeah, they, they own I,
2: sure.
1: I didn't think so tommy did you
2: i thought it was i thought it was i thought as far. As the superhero movie goes, there was, a, there was a good depth to the acting in this one. And it was, um, you could, I mean, you know, certain directors have visions and you can just really see it. I mean, in everything, apart, everything attached to this, even like the, the home screen, it's just in black and white to the, you know, it's like Wes Anderson, you know, a Wes Anderson movie when you see a <laughs> Wes Anderson movie. Do so you know a snyder cut movie when you see it and it was very much i didn't see a lot of him in the original you know what i mean and yes you said like it had a part of him but
1: yeah it just was really it was just not uh it was just a rushed effort i thought it was just get it out yeah. there and uh it hey was... jaz
0: can you can you finish this movie for us
1: Yeah, it was, it was lacking in a lot of areas, this one. And I think maybe it's because of the pandemic year that we've gone through. I think this makes it, uh, we understand the gloom and the doom, uh, the, the superheroes seem more desperate to, uh, save the world. It more is at stake. And, uh, the impending apocalypse is treated as a greater threat. Don't you think,
0: Tommy? He's he's taking a drink, so hold on. Let me me answer this. Let let me answer this. I had to hydrate. Patty Jenkins said that she and the rest of the directors in the uh, DC Comics universe are treating the Snyder Cut as what they're basing the films that are coming next on. Oh. So they said Joss Whedon universe doesn't exist. So they're saying that the Flash movie is going to be all about trying to save... Uh, well, I guess you can say I'm trying to save Lois Lane, and if and the Suicide Squad that's coming out that is a James Gunn property, they're all. I would be worried about Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad sequel, and I, and oh, Viola Davis is going to be in the Suicide Squad see the first one's called Suicide Squad second one's called The Suicide Squad and I was confused earlier when Angela Bassett was in The Green Lantern Um, yeah yeah because she was Amanda Waller and Amanda and I was I was wrong before Uh, she wasn't in Batman v Superman she was at the end of Suicide Squad so the, the DC universe even though it has fewer films it's is a bigger mess than trying to remember all 23 things of the Marvel films because it's just it's just so disjointed and, and Kevin Feige he has a plan he he can get you from point A to point B and the DC just seems it's rushed it's they they said hey we have to have our own Avengers we're gonna do Justice League even though we've only had four films it's just it's so not well thought out DC was behind the ball and it was the the one good thing that has come out of this is now that, now that the fans have clamored for a Zack Snyder Justice League they are now uh, clamoring for the R-rated version of Christopher Columbus's Mrs. Doubtfire which there supposedly is because uh, Robin yeah. Williams would just curse and be filthy on alternate takes (laughs) and so Christopher Columbus says oh yeah we have an R-rated version of that and now I would almost guarantee in a year from now we will see the R-rated version of Mrs. Downfire. and now now Tommy is now rehydrated and can answer your original question. (laughs) Don't you think uh, that the the
1: the, uh, pending apocalypse had shades of the pandemic to it?
2: Yeah, there was definitely. I apo- apologize. My dog is seeing another dog. Um,
1: That's okay, Teddy. Hey, Teddy's a cute Man. one.
2: So, so, so this, so this movie definitely had more of a the world is ending feeling. Like the other one, like you said it. The other one was a rushed superhero movie just to, you know, make their mm-hmm. version. Now, I will say. Um, DC's been definitely leading the pack as far as super superheroes. Um, I feel like longer than Marvel. Maybe, maybe in in. Uh, you Are you know, talking about
0: the Super Friends on the ABC in the seventies?
2: <laughs> I'm just, oh I'm just, yeah. Like I'm saying, like just I Batman, have, like yeah. the old Adam West. You know, they've been they've been around for a while. Just Batman's and Joker's and was. Before, Superman,
1: before. uh, Superman was on in the fifties with George Reeves. I mean, yeah, yeah but there wasn't yeah. the crossovers. It wasn't there weren't the crossovers like there no. were. Sure, sure, no. Sure. But I'm I'm talking about we the iconic Superman. Well, yeah, and the iconic Batman have been around such a long time. And like Tommy was referring to, they've had different shows. Smallville, for example, ran ten yeah. long years. And yeah. I, li- I mean, I like Smallville. I was a, a fan of that, and so was Zack Snyder. But I think, okay, with the Nolan trilogy, like after Dark Knight, you felt like that was an epic. I think after this Justice League, you feel like this is an epic. This is his vision. He got to see it. There's nothing on the cutting room floor. I can't imagine.
2: <laughs> yeah, can't, yeah, they I, really,
1: uh,
2: they really put it all in this one. I mean. And you feel that in the movie. You're like, if I was going to out, they, they, yeah, they, they really didn't do their, that the DC, they really could have, they really missed that on the mark. I mean, they really should have waited for this version first. Now it maybe, maybe cut it down an hour. I think it would have been beautiful, but
0: well, it's a miniseries, I, isn't it? It's seven part miniseries. Yeah, it really, really it, is. Yeah. 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 And I do think it
1: fleshes out the characters more. Now, uh, this is a world where we need superheroes right now because obviously the past, uh, how many years? At least uh, 10 years, we have been seeing comic book and superhero movies and it's great escapism. And with the world the way it is right now, the superheroes are very prominent again. Uh, Mm -hmm. We can switch to the MCU on disney plus we have the the end of wandavision and tom if you have disney plus i highly recommend wandavision it is seen it already actually
2: i actually just got uh disney plus like like two or three weeks ago so uh yeah i'm a little late to that party but no i think that's uh I, I think it's a really it's a necessity having Disney Plus, but I, I I I'm I'm a little confused though because I thought like, and granted like, I like I'm I'm pretty big uh, superhero fan and I you know but I you know are they just making all of these into series? Because I mean, in a as a business <laughs> point of view, that's a smart move, but you know keeps the fan wanting more. So I well, there's realize there's go go ahead. No, I, I saw that it's seven. There's like a seven episodes to Wanda
1: so it's pretty much like no, a TV show. No, it's nine. It's nine
0: episodes. N-
1: nine, nine. nine it is so. It's so good. It is so good. Well,
0: it, some people so, are disappointed by the ending.
2: So the 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 Falcon. That's also no, that's another six. kind of. So there's six of the. I thought that was a
1: movie coming out.
2: It's One a six movie. hour
0: movie. And it's and a, so is and,
2: Loki. So all of these.
1: Yeah. yeah, but, but they're it's just also- spinning off. They're spinning off people. But this, a uh, Falcon, and I called it the other night on the radio, and I apologize to him. I called it the Falcon and the Snowman,
0: <laughs> which that's is a,
1: dating that's, myself. That's you know. Sean Penn. I know it's Timothy. Yeah, and and uh, so drugs. I'm dating myself, and then and so Falcon and the Winter Soldier is Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan teaming up. To find the next Captain America.
0: And Don Cheadle.
1: Because, oh, really. because at the end of Endgame, we know the Cap retires.
0: Right. He grows so why he do you, grows old with Peggy Carter.
2: Why do you think they have two two guys instead of
0: one? Because one couldn't carry a movie by themselves? No, it's it's the fact they've actually done comic books together. The the thing is that. They they had a chemistry when they were together in uh, Captain America's Civil War, and they said, "You know what? We can make something out of this." And at the end, when Cap retires, they are together, and they're trying. But they were both friends of Captain America, and yeah. what's what what happens when uh, the two things that are uh, keeping this glue Captain America was the glue that we're keeping. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier together, what happens when that glue's gone? So they weren't friends independently. They were friends because of Cap, and now Cap is gone, and I will say I have not watched the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because of everything I talked about 45 minutes ago, but I do know that episode one ends on a cliffhanger, so it they're structuring it just like an old-timey movie serial, and I hear that the first 10 minutes of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier will make you want to watch the next five hours of it. Cool. cool. I mean, that's
2: oh, good. Oh, very
1: Smart. cool. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it with the, with everything going on. I planned to, but I did finally finish WandaVision. So.
0: It, and some people are saying it's still Wanda. doesn't. The problem with WandaVision is that Wanda doesn't pay for her crimes that she has done, and it doesn't set up whether she is going to be a protagonist or an antagonist in the Doctor Strange movie, which we don't know, and so uh, that is something that Watchmen and and several other properties, I want to say the boys on Amazon, whether, uh, and, and also the Incredibles, whether superheroes are responsible for their actions in the real world and you can also say man of steel too that well (laughs) that was the whole
1: that was yeah well that was the whole civil war
0: right and so and has wanda really she has had grief but as she says in the final episode and this is not a spoiler can these no if you told all these people why i did it it still wouldn't change their mind and it, it won't you were—they were trapped up there, even though it was only for a week or so. <laughs> yeah, the entire Wandavision only takes place in like week, or, a week or two, and so—and it's right after the, as they're calling it, the blip. I—I I prefer the, the snap, but no one knows it. They all call it the five-year blip, and it is—it just, just once again makes me angry at Iron Man because he is so selfish that the rest of the world is suffering because iron man made that choice to just to have it, I, and i understand as a parent to have your daughter do all have everything but the rest of the world is suffering because of the choice you made they five lost years and i understand that falcon and winter soldier addresses a lot more of these things and falcon and winter soldier is supposed to come out before wandavision because of the pandemic they pushed it back and flipped the two. And so this, I understand that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is more of a, what you're expecting from the Marvel Cinematic Universe because WandaVision was such a change and the powers that be thought thought that WandaVision needed to come out in the times we live because of the tone that it set.
1: But they're taking
0: place concurrently, I believe.
1: Well, WandaVision has been so busy uh, with with uh, the cleverness of it. Like each episode for the first six was based on previous sitcoms, right? And uh, that was genius. And then uh, the music, which is by the Frozen duo, mm-hmm. uh, their
0: Anderson Lopez family,
1: yes, their uh, music editions, their theme songs, brilliant. Yeah. Just there's so many cool production values in this. And especially if you understand bewitched, if you were alive during growing pains and full house and all those. And then the the end one, which With is
0: so.
1: which is Modern Family just cracked. Me mm-hmm. up. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just thoroughly enjoyed in the costumes and everything that was I think WandaVision will
0: win a lot of Emmys next yes, year. Yes,
1: yes, I think so too. And hopefully and I,
0: Elizabeth Olsen wins also. Yes,
1: I think Elizabeth Olsen should win. And I also think Katherine Hahn should be nominated.
0: Okay, so let's move on to a movie that is out this week in theaters that we saw like what, a month ago, Lynn?
1: Uh, no, actually uh, I was offered the link I have gotten four links and none of them (laughs) have worked.
0: So you didn't get to see the courier.
1: No. And I'm really upset about it because they kept sending me the same link. And it said, every time I logged in is something's wrong with your login.
0: Well, all you have to do is I, you could have called me. I would have told you just click it because somebody else had that same issue. And I, I kind of walked them through it.
1: Well, darn it, because they did. I contacted them three times. And then after the last one, it was too late. And I said, I'm moving on. What movie was this? The Courier with Benedict Cumberbatch as a British guy that is caught up in the Cuban missile crisis, which I was alive then and learned how to duck and cover because of it (laughs) when I was in third grade.
0: Well. I, I enjoyed the movie and this is one of those movies that's based on a true story and what I like about it is the acting performances. What screwed me up was, you know what happens to me, Lynn? I go into a deep dive afterwards and then that ruins the whole film for me. Right. Because it's based on a true story. It's, it's a true story of this Um, he's a salesman. His name is Greville Wynn, and he's a British guy who does a lot of work in Eastern Europe. And so uh, MI6 and the CIA recruit him to start getting information from Oleg Penkovsky, who was a high up in the Russian military. And he's played by Murab Nindidzi. I'm sure I'm not Nini N I N I D Z E, and he is fantastic in this movie. And of course, Benedict Cumberbatch is great. And you'll like that uh, Jesse Buckley is in it. Playing, yes. Playing uh, Mrs. Wynn. And Rachel Brosnahan from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, she is the uh, CIA rep. And so. They, t- they find out, actually, initially, the MI6 doesn't want to deal with him. And they're like, eh. And then the CIA kind of pushes them into doing it. And then they find out about the Cuban Missile Crisis. And you Khrushchev is crazy. That's that's what's going on. Uh, Pankowski, he doesn't like what Khrushchev's doing. So he wants to tell the West. And it is very, very um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy kind of. <laughs> kind of movie and so it's a spy movie and it actually happened and that's what is good about the movie i the acting uh, the acting is great
1: well just to backtrack the cuban missile crisis jfk was president and nikita khrushchev was the russian prime minister and our premier whatever they call him who what's putin now and uh they had this is when uh, Fidel Castro in Cuba went communist. Yes. And uh, so they were Russian ally. And the reason they call it the Cuban Missile Crisis is they had four missiles that were targeted for the U.S. And,
0: and, they and were, it was they were escalating.
1: Yeah, it was escalating. And they had to de-escalate it. Yes, but Kennedy they wouldn't have they
0: wouldn't have found out that the, cube, that the missiles were in Cuba if it wasn't for uh, Penkovsky letting the Americans and the West and the British know about it. But here's where the story gets dicier. Um, in, in real life, Penkovsky had two different uh, contacts, not just when he also had a contact with uh, a, a married couple, that was uh, also bringing information they do not mention the other couple at all they just say that Win is the only guy that he's dealing with which is not true but Wynn did get, and uh, I don't know if I spoil this or not because it actually happened you know 60 years ago so um and I didn't know this while watching it. And so I'm not going to say what happens in real life because I didn't know while watching it. And so I would like everyone else to have the same experience I did. But Lynn, you were alive. And so you probably know what happened to Wynn. So uh, I, I, I'm i torn on this because I didn't know the story. And you might know. And since you didn't see the movie, do you know what happened to Wynn? Mm, no.
1: Good. I can't remember.
0: I, I'm not, not going to spoil it. But there isn't. There's a whole another set of spies that are working with Venkovsky um, that they don't mention at all. And it's it's kind of weird that way because once you once you find out what really happened, that it kind of it soured me on the movie a little bit because you know. And I understand they're just telling Wynn's story because. It's Benedict Cumberbatch, and you really need him. And he's, you know, Dr. Strange.
1: <laughs> well, he- uh his story. Well, yeah, and he was really, he's good in the He's always good. He's one of those guys that you just look to. If his name is in a credit, you know he's going to be good at least. Well, the, you- uh, in, in real life, oh, there's a miniseries that ABC, back when they first started miniseries. Okay, Roots. Uh, they had this one called the missiles of October. Yeah. William Devane played JFK and Howard, the guy that played Ben Franklin in 1776, he played Khrushchev and uh, so good, such a good movie uh, made for TV on ABC. It was a big deal, but one of the things, and and everybody talks about the shoe, Nikita Khrushchev banging the shoe they, on. They don't. Team. They
0: don't have that speech, but they do have him giving a very impassioned speech.
1: Well, Scott Air Force Base being right here in uh, the metro area in Belleville, Saint Louis was a target. Right, one of the missiles was supposedly going to Scott, and was targeted for Scott Air Force Base. That's why we all had to, you know, get under, do the duck and cover. Like that was going to help us, you know, if nuclear missile hit Scott. Right. But that's what we were taught. (laughs) So that's just my whole thing is I just remember everybody was terrified. The news was very uh, alarming. And when you're, you know, seven years old, eight years old, you don't know what's going on in the world. But that was one of the first recollections of the world being rather scary. So that was the Cold War, as they say. So
0: this is kind of like Mank. So this movie is kind of like Mank. And let me, let me explain why. Because Mank is a work of fiction based on a true story. The Courier is a based on true story that only gives you part of the story. Mank is a work of fiction based on a discredited, based on a true story. So you're not watching documentaries. You're watching narrative filmmaking and liberties are taken. And so I understand what's going on, but don't go into a deep dive afterwards because it will sour you on the, on an otherwise fine film.
1: All righty. Well, Which is I had, just like
0: Mank, because once you find out what's going on with Mank, then you'll know that the whole movie's not as good as everyone says it is. But Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. One of
1: my friends just contacted me yesterday and said, I really dislike this. Why? And I told her what we said about it. I said, well, it's historically inaccurate, but also it has too many story threads and it goes on. And, uh, you know, and a technically- lot of it
0: didn't happen.
1: Well, it got the highest amount of Oscar nominations, but that's because of the production design, the cinematography. It looks beautiful and and Amanda Seyfried. Right. But I still stand by. And Deborah Lindo
0: should have got that spot that that Carrie Oldman got.
1: Yes, and it is very polarizing because I've had numerous discussions with people about it, but that's the Oscar nominations. I just want to do a quick, uh, just quick shout out. His history was made two women for the first time in directing, Chloe Zhao and Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. And I'm so thrilled that both of them were included in the men's club, first time happened. Uh, For the acting nominations, there are nine of the 20 that are people of color. Riz Ahmed is the first Pakistani and maybe the first Muslim to be nominated in a leading role. Stephen Young is the first Asian to be nominated for leading man role, which is awesome.
0: Those are your three front runners. Usually, if you have picture, director, writer, and an acting nom, then you're a front runner. This year, we have three of those, which would be Promising Young Woman, Minari, and nomadland which were in my top four films of the year so i would be happy with any of those three winning best picture
1: i'm very happy for steven you i'm very happy for minari i uh, you know yeah our my top five were uh nomadland <laughs> trial of chicago seven uh, Defy Bloods, which I'm very unhappy about the snubs yep. for that. Minari and Promising Young Woman. So
0: See, I threw in Hamilton in there, which did not get anything.
1: <laughs> no, no. There were some shutouts, but Defy Bloods is the most glaring, I yes. think. And then a documentary that you and I both liked, I'm very happy Collective, was also named for foreign
0: language. And you also are happy that Crip Camp got in on the Best Docs, which you've yes. been championing all year. And everyone, it had gone away. No one had said anything about it and all these other awards. And it fi- it got nominated for an Oscar, which means more people will see it.
1: Right. And also My Octopus Teacher.
0: Yes, which I, I watched on uh, Netflix. You can watch that.
1: And, and yeah, and The Very Good Time on Amazon. Uh, did you notice in the documentary five that there's not a single political one there? Good. None of the political well, ones.
0: I, you can say collective is.
1: Well, yeah, but I'm talking but about like,
0: American politics.
1: Right. Like like the dissident, like uh, totally under control. Uh, right. None of the current pol- or the previous maybe last year's uh, political. None of them got named. Good. Which was interesting. So uh, getting back to movies, I watched a new documentary on Netflix, which just came out of the blue. It opened on Wednesday and I didn't even know this. So I watched it last night. It is. It's got a long title. So let me get this here. It is
0: Audrey More Than an Icon?
1: No, actually, I'm going to watch that later because it's Audrey Hepburn and that's just going to oh. be wonderful because what a gracious and beautiful and elegant woman and what a talent. And uh, the, the, it's, you know, it's a typical, it's a typical showbiz bio. So I'm gonna, but they said never before footage from her family, which will be nice. This is what I watched. Mm-hmm. Operation Varsity Blues, the oh, college admissions scandal.
0: It's, 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 about, it's about Lori Laughlin and her family and the guy who does clothes for Target.
1: Yeah, well, very interesting. The conversations are real in this. I would call it more a docudrama because Matthew Modine is Rick Singer, who's Mm -hmm. the mastermind of this whole thing. It's an hour and 39 minutes, and it's directed by the guy who directed Tiger King, Chris Which debuted
0: a year ago this week.
1: And written by John Carman. So they used the the uh conversations now some of the people are real in this like the stanford sailing coach you got a feel for this guy john vandermeer he did not profit from this and he uh it's fascinating uh, but like all the uh, the rest of the rich dads that are in it like wallace langham plays one of them Mm -hmm. they're all played by actors and it shows how they get sucked into it. Now, uh, um, Massimo Giuliani, who's our uh, uh, Lori Laughlin husband, their daughter Olivia Jade, mm-hmm. footage of her is used. So that part is real. They don't have actors reenacting them. But what about some, Felicity Huffman? No, I mean they don't. They they go more towards the the CEOs, the guys that are gazillionaires the hot pockets heiress Mm -hmm. Uh, she's in it they're all played by actors and actresses and uh, it's something else it just makes you really angry about white privilege in this country and the wealthier you are and it is interspersed with uh, college admissions people and uh, experts on testing It shows the real guy who took the ACT, uh, not the ACT, the SAT for all these kids. And it talked about how getting into college now is is such a pressure-filled thing for all these kids. They have an author of The Price is Golden. They have somebody from The New Yorker. So all these real people are the talking heads. And then they dramatize the story. And Matthew Modine looks exactly like this Rick Singer and it's it's an interesting portrayal of the guy, so it's really based on on his story, but it's just kind of a strange film in terms of it's got the real document, the documentary parts of it, and then it's got the fiction the mm-hmm. reen- reenactment. It's not fictional. it's so it's, it's like reen-
0: a it's like a really long episode of Unsolved Mysteries, except we already have solved these mysteries. These people were cheating the system.
1: Right. And then uh, Rick Singer supposedly was sentenced to time, but has not served any. But he turned on all these people to save his ass. He turned he trapped like he called up when the FBI, you know, confronts him. And then then he willingly gets on the phone and traps all these people into incriminating themselves. (laughs)
0: Wow. He also pitched it as a reality show.
1: Yes, they showed that. So it's really fascinating. I recommend it to anybody who likes real life things and especially what all went down here. And it also gives a little bit deeper knowledge because I didn't pay attention to the mechanics, but the Stanford athletic director, the woman that was taking 10,000 or 20,000 a month from
0: Rick Singer whoa it's not uh, it's not it's not a good month for Stanford athletics anyone that watched 60 minutes a couple months ago and then the wrestling championships this week uh, that they all work they didn't wear the colors of Stanford because they canceled the wrestling program and yet they had a national champion um, from Stanford and they all said save uh, Stanford wrestling and there was a huge chant at the arena last night. There were only 3,000 people at the arena and they still were all chanting, save Stanford wrestling. So Stanford athletics does not have a good look right now.
1: Wow. Uh, on a really good note, Promising Young Woman came out on as a DVD and Blu-ray this week and it has extras.
0: Ooh, I would like to see the extras. I love that movie.
1: Yes, and then uh, the Oscars now, we're in awards season. Mm -hmm. They've decided that they're not doing any of the Zoom stuff. That's out.
0: It's gonna be at a train station that is going to be open. Even though I saw an article that said they should have it at Dodger Stadium so they can have one more people there and two, a lot more space.
1: Yeah, it's but, going to be open air. I thought the Grammys did a good job. I don't know if you watched them, but I I did not. I was in, in a vehicle. Oh, yeah. So I enjoyed um, that. Tonight on television, Tommy, you will have to set your DVR for this. The Simpsons 700th episode. They're going to have a new couch gag. I in already the saw o- In the Bill, opening. Oh, really?
0: Bill Clinton has done... Uh, couch gags before and this one this one is very bill clinton-y and i have seen 698 episodes of the simpsons so far i've watched them all not missed a single one except for the last two weeks since i've been traveling but i contend that the simpsons has had dips in qualities but they are still later seasons can be just as good as the early seasons i know that's blasphemy to some people
1: no, um, I'll watch because the kids and I, every Sunday night, that was our ritual together. The Simpsons, except when it was on Thursdays. But when it was, that was mostly, up against,
0: when it was up against the Cosby show,
1: uh, this was when uh, we watched every episode Sunday night, dinner before, during or after. And then they both left home for school and places beyond. And then I never watched it really again but I will catch episodes of it and they are still hilarious they're still so a cutting edge with the humor and the topical humor and uh but tonight we're going to find out more about Ned Flanders past
0: it's a Christmas episode
1: and uh there's going to be some things we there's going to be a room that we have never seen before in the Simpsons home
0: and you've seen it every single time there's a shot of the house, but you've never, you've never seen this room before. So and it's I'm... a Christmas episode. So that's, it's weird because it, it all started in 1989 with a Christmas episode. Oh and yeah. so episode 700 is going to be a Christmas episode also. What's the
1: name of the dog that that Homer brings home? that Christmas... his little helper.
0: That's it. You might know that I'm a Simpsons fan since my daughter's name is Maggie. Oh. That's not why, but I didn't think so. But I
1: was like, oh, so it's
0: her nick. It's not her name. It's just her nickname because it's Marguerite, named after my grandmother, but we call her Maggie because I love The Simpsons. But it's coincidence. Uh huh. So
1: Tommy, have you still been watching The Simpsons? Can you hear me? Um, not not really. I mean,
2: I mean, I've. you uh, catch an episode yeah. here and there. I've uh, here and there, yeah. I'm not dying to watch it or anything like that. I mean, there's just so much stuff on TV now. It's like, how do you have, you know? I mean, right, like right now, like I, I probably won't be able to to watch the the 700th episode just because of uh March Madness and and the crazy of that. But, um, the, I'm a fan of The Simpsons and always will be, and 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 you know it is a it's a good show for sure do you,
0: do you believe that they stopped being good after season let's say 12
2: no no i think they're i think like like lynn said they're cutting edge still they're still um i mean there's a reason why you're still going like this strong after 30 something years or yeah like it's you're just setting a standard every year and i think they could I think they're gonna be done when they're just done. I, maybe they're trying to get to episode a thousand and call it a day.
0: Uh, they but, said uh, no. They they said they're only they're only set to episode. It would take twelve years to do that. And right now they're set to episode uh, seven hundred and fifty something. And they said they'll go on from there.
1: Well, they've been renewed for thirty three and
0: thirty four. Well, yes, but that would be seven hundred and fifty because they only make twenty. Two to twenty-five episodes a year, depending on what Fox orders.
1: That's right, that's right. But yeah, no, it just—it's just one of the the classics uh, that um, people should be more uh,
0: appreciative.
1: Yes, that's you'll miss it when it's gone. I was looking for, and they—they have predicted the future. Yes, they a lot. Yeah, I always watch the Hot Treehouse of Horror episodes. And uh, I'm a big fan of whenever they do uh, have certain people on and their, their guest list for the voices is unparalleled.
0: I would say there's an episode from this season, season 32. That is one of the all time classics. It is a parody of a Hallmark Christmas movie. And if you haven't watched the Simpsons in a long time, you will appreciate the humor and the parody and the, Amount of detail. If you've ever watched a Hallmark Christmas movie, you will know that it is very well researched and very well done. It is, fan- it is one of the best Simpsons episodes in a long time and belongs in the pantheon of best Simpsons episodes ever. Even though there are seven hundred to choose from, this is I this is in the upper echelon.
1: Well, wonderful. Um on National Geographic right now, we've got the uh, a Franklin Genius episode and it's going to air today through the 24th at 8 p.m.
0: Now, since it's a part of Nat Geo, does that mean it's going to be on Disney Plus?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. And and it's Cynthia Arrivo.
0: Yes. Oscar nominated uh she has she's an Oscar away from having an EGOT.
1: Yeah, she is the Tony winner for Color Purple.
0: But she, she was already Oscar nominated, so she's very close.
1: She's uh, she's fantastic. And uh, the movie Aretha will be out this year with Jen for Hudson. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have uh, started to, Hollywood's starting to uh, be more hopeful about film. And In the Heights now moves up to June 11th for the opening instead of June 18th, but it will also be on HBO Max as the Warner Brothers Canon is going to be. And then uh, I saw R- Ringo start, made me so happy to see Ringo present the record of the year last week on the Grammys cause he was looking Hale and hearty, And he is now uh, on, on television doing interviews because he's got a new EP out called Zoom In and Zoom Out. And Ah. then he's got a book on the 30 years of Ringo Starr's All-Stars. And his excitement over Get Back, the Peter Jackson documentary about the Beatles is real and he's seen part of it. And he's been, uh, you know, Peter Jackson has shown him some of it and he's really excited because that's going to
0: be on is that disney plus i'm not sure or hbo max i'm not sure it's on it's on one of the streaming services because i watched the trailer for it and i think i'm looking it up because i'm not sure and i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing it
1: Oh, I know. Uh, Ringo was talking about the original documentary that won the Oscar, Let It Be, about how that was just all one tone and it was very gloom and somber. And he said, we weren't like that during the recording session. And this film will show how much they they actually cared for each other and what a unit they were and i'm really excited about that he says peace and love every day peace so that and is- love
0: peace and love
1: <laughs> so that's a good thing to end on carl you got anything else going no i want to find out which streaming
0: service this is on
1: so yes do that um i have exciting news about the project that we were involved in keep live alive yeah fair st louis has given them a grant a huge a huge donation Uh, And hopefully more people will get involved with that because they just started their fundraising with the 90 minute entertainment special that we are both part of. Good. So that's exciting. Anything going on in your life, Tommy, you want to give a shout out to you know, I'll want to shout out my wife, Sabrina and
2: my brother, Pat and family and friends. So that's all I got.
1: Well, that's pretty good Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on and talking Justice League. And uh, yeah, anything else you're watching that you st- want to tell people they should be paying attention to?
2: Let's see. I'm looking forward to Kong vs. Godzilla. I'm, <laughs> I guess you can, I guess I haven't seen it, but I'm looking forward to the uh, the list of HBO Max uh, movies coming out soon. So now, a- do
0: you want to see that? Because that's gonna be at that's gonna be at the Skyview, and so. Would you want to go see that in a theater, even no. if it's in a drive-thru? I, no, you want to watch have it a,
2: home. I have a really nice TV, so I'm <laughs> totally good. Yeah in my don't don't
0: room. you have like a sixty
1: five inch? Because we watch Wonder Woman on his sixty five inch TV. Yeah, we
2: we yeah it's it's a good TV for for in home screening. So.
0: And I was right. It is going to be on Disney Plus. Ugh took a long time and it got there because it's produced by walt disney pictures and apple core so
2: i see this illinois is getting ready to lose um to an eight seed it's a number one seed getting ready to lose in the second round of draft or the uh march madness it's crazy
1: so wow. unpredictable
0: that, anything can happen you got to play that's why they play the games tom
1: yeah Oh my God. That, yeah. Look at them all. They're just all going crazy.
2: Yeah. Oh. Sister Jean, sis, sis, it's sister Jean. Sister it really Jean.
1: You That's cannot, her. out. I'm sorry. I was taught by nuns. My, you know, my, my academic career, you cannot count out nuns. It's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh man.
1: Oh, well, guys. Well, th- yeah. Thank you for having me.
2: Well, thanks. We are, uh, yeah. We're, 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 we're remodeling our bathroom. So, um, I got to get to work.
1: Wow. So it well, was a pleasure. I hope to, I hope to see another uh, film with you at the movie someday. And uh, yep. we'll go from there. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. In the Next words time. of Ringo, peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> peace and <laughs> see love. <you> guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye uh, bye. Tommy can be found on social media, Ted Party everywhere. Aren't you Ted Party pretty much everywhere?
2: That is true. Ted Party with two eyes on uh on on social media
1: all right and i'm on all the socials and i can be heard on ktrs every thursday with ray hartman and ted 30 uh, and miller furniture presents lynn venhouse goes to the movies and then i'm in the webster kirkwood times and uh i have my own website poplifestl.com but i'm letting alex review justice league this week for that and but mine will be in the webster kirkwood times
0: You can find me on social media at underscore Carl the intern. And starting next week, you can hear me in the afternoon with Mark Reardon on 97.1 KFTK. So I'm going to be helping him with his transition over to the new radio station. So I'll be on with him for at least his first two weeks. So you can hear me then.
1: All righty. Well, everybody take care. Happy spring. Bye, everyone. Be well. Be safe. Get vaccinated. Bye. Bye. Bye.